All right. Well, I want to start this episode with a shout out, non-football related, but uh, my cousin Alexa Vasco, who was drafted to the uh, you know Toronto team. I don't, they don't all have uh, nicknames yet, uh, but the <laughs> Toronto team for the Professional Women's Hockey League, oh, uh, the, hey. the inaugural Professional Women's Hockey League, and they just had their first game yesterday. Uh, they did lose, unfortunately, Toronto did, but she made her professional debut in hockey. That's awesome. So that was pretty badass. And it's that just really cool. The Toronto, are they the Toronto all, oak, oak leaves? Or the Toronto, uh, uh, you know, you maple want. leaves. What's another tr- the Toronto ash leaves? Like, what are the other types of oak trees? <laughs> yeah, uh, right now, the, the whole league is designating itself, its teams based on location. So it's all Toronto of the PWHL, you know, and so. They oh. played New York, and then there was Montreal versus Ottawa, and all. They're that. just so, repping yeah, the cities uh, right now. Yeah, and how and, many cities? Know, what what other cities are in it? Yeah, so there's uh, Boston, uh, okay. New York, Minnesota, uh, no, uh, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, and that is it. So it looks like those. Uh, well, there's no Chicago cities. team, so I guess I'm a fan of Toronto. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. you got to get That's yourself a vast. One. You got to get yourself a Vasco jersey. Jersey, I know. I got to get a jersey. Absolutely. No, it's pretty cool. It's uh, it's pretty awesome. She's worked super hard. She was a yeah, that's powerhouse in college, and now she gets her shot in the. Where'd pros, she play so. college hockey? Super neat. College she played park. at Mercyhurst. It's mm-hmm. a um, it's a college in Pennsylvania, okay. and uh, they're a really good hockey school. So, uh, you know, go figure. But yeah, she She's was the uh, blood she was of all Elmer- conference and all of that. Yeah, the blood of Elmer Moose. Out, exactly. exactly runs continuing Blows on the tradition there and uh from the same hometown as well so there shout out big time very that's cool really cool stuff. but um obviously we had a lot of football being played this past weekend especially yesterday uh for the new year we had the two college football games so we'll start our episode talking off uh, talking about uh those two games and then uh you know obviously get into the craziness that was week 17 in the nfl as we pour over uh, the the playoff landscape, there's a three thousand different scenarios that could play out this next upcoming weekend. <laughs> so, uh, needless to say, we're not going to be going over each and every scenario for the playoffs. But there's obviously uh, something riding on every single game this upcoming weekend. So, it should be exciting. But yeah, the big headline, of course, as we get ready and launch ourselves into the show, is we have our two one seeds, the San Francisco 49ers. Baltimore Ravens cleaning house, having convincing wins, putting themselves in the driver's seat as we get ready for postseason play. All right. So, yeah, we've got those two teams locking up. Home field advantage, as well as that first round by the highly coveted first round by. So San Fran and Baltimore expected to sit plenty of their starters this upcoming week as they get ready, uh, which is interesting because, you know, they'll be sitting their starters. Sometimes two you weeks. see people sitting their starters when they have the two seed locked up or the three seed. Yeah, they're going to have two weeks off, uh, really three weeks uh, before game time. So uh, there's always that conversation of rust, but probably the right decision. Don't want to get your star players hurt uh, in a relatively meaningless game but a lot to get to of course but mark first we have a michigan versus washington national championship all big 10 championship uh, that's right that's right it's going to be a very interesting conference next year and i think uh yeah i, I don't know what your thoughts are on it. i mean I've, of course both of us grew up you know big 10 fans primarily because we lived in that you know part of the country and uh 
you know, not not beholden to any one particular team. So it's fun to watch the conference. But it really they very well might be the top conference come next year, uh, you know, overriding the SEC, depending on what happens. But your yeah. thoughts on, on how these two games played out? Well, I think the problem with the Big Ten versus the SEC will always be. I, I do think you can make the argument right now. The top of the Big Ten is better than the top of the SEC. The problem That's is been the case for a while too. The problem is like the fourth and fifth best team. Well, now if you add in Oregon and Washington, right? Because you have Michigan, Ohio State, Oregon, Washington. The problem is when you get to like that, like fifth through like eighth parts of the Big Ten versus like the fifth of the eighth through the SEC. I, I would take the SEC over the Big Ten, and you saw it with like Iowa can't move the ball, and they're like the yeah. fourth best. You know what I mean? Like. So the the fourth best, fifth best, sixth best, seventh best team in the SEC would beat those versions of the Big Ten. But I do believe the bottom of the SEC is not as good as the bottom of the Big Ten anymore either. So I think it's a it's a really it's a it's a fun thing to think about. I just love how the styles of both conferences are very different at the heart of them. And even though you add in the the flash of an Oregon and the in the offense of a USC. It uh, doesn't change the Big Ten, mainly being built out of schools like Nebraska and Iowa and Minnesota and Wisconsin uh, that literally cannot get first downs. It's just hysterical. Yeah. Um, I will say this. I think the conversation really needs to start is, could Michigan beat Carolina? Could Michigan beat the Carolina Panthers? Uh, and um, how many drinks would David Tepper throw on Michigan fans in that game? Those are, yeah. I mean, to me, that's the over-unders. Like, yeah, that's, the over-under that's the is at least two week. drinks on, on that. And so I know we'll get into that here shortly, but it was a great game yesterday. I thought Michigan, Alabama was an all-timer at the Rose Bowl, what, the best setting in college football. And the, um, and, and, the, and the sun setting at Pasadena, the Rose Parade, and uh, those colors, those uniforms, those brands, it just everything worked. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, and it was ugly. I mean, there were times when there was just like bad football, but that was like, that's what you love about college. And then in the other game, it was Washington. This like, it, it felt like, I mean, there was back and forth, back and forth, but Washington, like late in that game, you're thinking to yourself, Oh my God, they might actually lose this game. Texas is fighting. Away. I know. I know. The Washington felt in control. Like I felt like they were dominating yeah. for a good portion of it, but yet they did almost let it slip. I mean, that could have been, yeah. if they don't muff that punt, Oh, uh, I know they they could have won by probably Easily. you know fifteen. And 20. Michael Penix Jr. proved to me he showed he was the he was by far the best quarterback of the four. Is teams he a first round day. quarterback next year? I think at this point in time, yeah, I absolutely think so. I think there's an argument to be made. There is going to be at least four first rounders this year. I really believe yeah. that. I, yeah. I, I think I think when game. you look at Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix, Drake May, Caleb Williams, those to me are are first rounders. Then Bo Nix will be the Bo Nix might. Yep. Will be the all right. Does someone want to take a, a stab at Bo Nix? But I, depending on how Penix plays, if he plays well well against a Michigan defense, yeah, it's it's gonna be something we're gonna talk a lot about here in coming weeks. So I know we don't want to waste any more time on it, but uh, can't wait for Michigan with uh, and Washington. It's gonna be a really, as we a really great game on on Monday and on the eighth. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good matchup. So I I would anticipate a pretty close game. I take uh, Michigan right one, now. Honestly. Michigan should be favored. Their yeah, trenches yeah, they, are, they deserve that. Their offensive and defensive lines are, are just nasty. And they're and what Texas ended up being a bad matchup for Washington in the sense that I didn't think through it. Washington has two receivers that are going to be first round picks, and they have maybe three that could be that. They're, they're, and and the back end of Texas's 
uh, you know, safeties and, 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 and corners, the weakness for Texas football right now. And they just got exploited. Yeah. Yeah. The Penix took over and those receivers didn't drop any passes at all. It was yeah, like, it was they crazy. were falling in everything. Also, you can't catch. touch Penix. Like he's, I, I, I know stat, I stat, he was only been sacked 11 times this year in college. That is insane. I think Caleb Less Williams than was, won a game. That's Caleb incredible. Williams was sacked something like over 40 times this year. Like it is crazy. That's crazy. So if, that's if Michigan horrible. can get at Penix, then it'll it'll throw off his game. It'll throw off it was it'll throw off Washington as a whole. I think that's how that's how you win if you're if you're Michigan looking at the game. You got to get at Penix. I don't want to uh, you know push this too far down, but it, the the uh, the thought just came to me, and I just have to ask the question because you mentioned Iowa yeah. and how you know just atrocious that all is. I've been pondering this and I can't come up with an answer. Maybe you can help me out here. <laughs> I cannot figure out. I Iowa, I get it. You know, like location wise, the Big Ten has a problem. They're, they can't. Who wants to go play at Minnesota? Who wants to go no. play in Iowa City when they can and, go and, play? And a lot in of the states climate. in the Big Ten are losing population. Like literally, yes. like that. It is a the Midwest is struggling right now. That's a problem. That's a problem. But I can't figure out is. How it just has never happened, at least in the last 30 years or so, where an Iowa team that continuously produces plenty of NFL talent, oh, like yeah. on, on the Tons. offensive and defensive lines, always uh, dudes, linebackers, uh, all of that. How like what all they needed was just one quarterback in the last 30 years who's like, yeah. yes, I'm a four or five star recruit. And yes, I could go to Ohio State, but I risk going to be the third string quarterback and having to transfer here yeah. transfer there. Why not go to Iowa? You know, they're going to have a great line, a great defensive line, solid coach, uh, fairly easy competition relative to other conferences. It just seems like if Iowa had a really good quarterback, they would be a national championship level team any year. They, and I don't get why that's not enticing enough. Well, to it's an the 18 same, year old kid. It's the same question that Wisconsin asked themselves. And they, I mean, look like three years ago, yeah. they got Grant, that Graham Mertz kid who was like a five star and he flamed out and ended up having a terrible season in Florida this year after the transfer portal. I, yeah. I think they got Russell it, Wilson there, and yeah, they had. To, I mean, that was it. I mean, they, but again, they had to transfer in. I, I so yeah. much of it is just the culture. I mean, it's just the culture. The answer is they, they, you know, listen. Michigan tried to do that with Rich Rod. Remember that in the mid early two thousands, and like, oh, let's bring the West yeah. Virginia. Let's try to go. So much of it's just the culture of what these programs are. It's why the Bears can't find a good quarterback. It's, I think as a lot of it's institutional. Yeah, but I agree. Yep. Yep. Iowa has the has the bodies on the offensive and defensive line to hang with the best teams from the SEC and the best teams in the Big Ten, but they've never yep. had consistently the speed and the quarterback to do it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's brutal. It's rough sledding for them. All right, let's get to the NFL, what you're all here for uh, as we get ready for week 18, the final week of the regular season, and push ourselves to the playoffs. So right now, uh, we talked about the landscape last week. Now yeah. we have a, a, a couple other uh, solidified playoff spots. So right now in the AFC, uh, we have the Baltimore Ravens clinching that one seed. We have the Dolphins, the Chiefs, and the Browns all clinching a playoff spot. Yeah. So four uh, spots clinched in the AFC and the NFC. We have the 49ers in the one seed, and then we have the Cowboys now, uh, leading the NFC East. Then we have the lions, the Eagles and the Rams, your Los Angeles Rams, uh, putting themselves Locked. in a playoff spot. So only two up for grabs in the NFC five up for grabs total in the league. So very interesting 
if the if the playoffs started today, we'd have the Jags, Bills, and Colts, and we'd have the Buccaneers and the Packers rounding out the uh, the NFL playoffs here. But of course, a lot riding on Week 18 here, and we'll we'll see. There's going to be a lot of shifting for sure. Definitely, I think you know we it was we jump into this. I think before the um the one thing I want to say is looking ahead to Week 18. It's again the the brilliance of the NFL schedule of this kind of flex you know schedule makers. You have these amazing games like a Buffalo and Miami, but you also then look at you're like okay you that also means you're you're risking it because you have a Jets versus Patriots. You know what I mean? Like and that game means yeah. nothing and it's and it's for no no one. So by doing this, the NFL has basically guaranteed themselves that they're going to have at least half of the games be meaningful, and then a quarter of the games have at least to be meaningful for one team. And then there's yeah. probably going to be about a quarter of the games that just mean nothing. And it's totally, when you began the season, you think, oh my God, Aaron Rodgers, week 18, Mac Jones, scrappy Patriots team. That could be for a wild card spot. And it just sort of happens that it means it's for nothing. So it's a great risk reward thing they've done. Uh, and it leaves a lot of things open. And so there is intrigue. And uh, I do think, though, the the big the big question will be like, how much do you see from certain teams that have things completely locked up? The Lions are the Lions. Unfortunately for them, you know what I mean. Like they got, we'll start with them. I know that game. Like I don't believe the NFL's rigged, but they got screwed out of a one seed. The NFL, I mean, they, they oh they locked up the Cowboys, but they screwed themselves out of the drama of the Niners uh, Rams game really meaning something for the Niners. Now it doesn't. They're locked in. So. There's a lot that came of last weekend, so we got to uh, we got to try to unpack it all. Yeah, so with that with that Lions Cowboys game, uh, you know, it was back and forth. It was uh, definitely a defensive battle for the most part. Like the offenses were moving the ball, but they were getting stalled at uh, you yeah. know midfield or just outside of the red zone there. And so it was a game of field position, uh, a, a game of back and forth uh, battling there. C.D. Lamb, you know, had a what what was it a 92 yard uh, yeah heck of a, a touchdown. And, you know, it was just a, a a fantastic game yet again on his his part, but you know it just uh, really came down to uh, you know both teams fighting, jockeying for position at the end of the game. The Lions get the ball with a chance to uh, you know tie the game. They get the touchdown, and Dan Campbell, in predictable fashion, I think even you know the announcers were signaling if they, yeah, he, if they, they, they get it. a touchdown here, they're going to go for two. Like there's no doubt. They're going to go for the win. They go for the win. They get the touchdown to the offensive tackle, uh, Taylor Decker. And then, yeah, the the ref fiasco happens where the refs say that, uh, you know, I, did they officially declare what they believe happened? Well, I what, think they, what they say is that they think 70 declared yes, uh, that he, he was eligible. And really, it was 68 um, that caught the pass that was supposed to be be declared as eligible and then we I, saw the footage afterwards 68 they all, did declare they uh, all declared. may have also declared as well so it was a you know and listen there's the only the, the thing about it i don't believe the nfl's rigged if you've been listening to the show for long enough you know that i'm not one of those people with the tinfoil hat and all this stuff this truly felt to me like the first time in my life since besides maybe that saints rams no call pass interference it was so blatant that they didn't call the pass interference and the Rams went on the Super Bowl uh, in New Orleans. You know, they went on to uh, to lose to the Patriots. Um, I, I like, I truly, truly, truly felt to myself, oh, okay, this, this, this feels like someone pushed the button, right? Someone 
the flag came That's in the so Buffalo late. Wild Wings commercial. Yes, they, it they really pushed, did. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm really I'm really shocked by two things this weekend. Number one was that the NFL hasn't more swiftly come out and said, like, honestly said, like, this was wrong. This this officiating crew is being, you know, fired or completely demoted. Like, this is, there will be disciplinary action. This was wrong. And then I'm surprised the NFL has not already fined David Tepper multi-millions of dollars and, and, and taken away a draft pick for throwing the drink on it. Now, some people may argue, like, calm down, dude, he threw a drink. It is... Not it's not the act; it's the actor that did that deserves the punishment, yeah. right? right, you, right. You, you had an you, NFL. You can't owner. have a representative of your you, league like that. If it was, way. I don't care if it was. I don't. If it was a GM, like if it was the president of the team, like it'd be the same type. Like it's the yeah. it's worse that it's the owner. Like I mean, is that it's that bad? And and so those are two things I'm really surprised of that here. Maybe it's the holidays that's all coming down this week. Who knows? But here we are uh, recording at one twenty-eight local central time for me on January 2nd, and, and neither, you know, have been levied the way I, I think they deserve to be. When it comes down to it, the Lions are a better team than, than Dallas. The Lions yeah. did not deserve to really be in that game late at in Dallas, and yet they were because Dallas is really awful down the, down the stretch. And Dallas's offense is now becoming very C.D. Lamb reliant. They cannot run the football consistently which is bad news for dis, uh, for January and February football and I still think the Lions uh, you know are the second best team in the NFC right now even though they lost that game they deserve to win that game they won that game they fair and yeah. square won that game and I I love Dan Campbell going for it even when it was at the seven so you know first and goal from the seven for the two-point conversion because that's his conviction that's his team that's the way he plays and when you're the Detroit Lions and you've won nothing, you've won nothing in the Super Bowl era, literally nothing, that is how you should be. That is what mm-hmm. you should be doing. You should not be playing it safe. And and I know it's going to cost them basically, they're going to almost guarantee have to play the Rams in the first round, and it will be heartbreaking if the Rams and Matt Stafford go in there and upset the Lions. It will destroy the Lions. But it's not their fault. Like they, they deserve to be playing for the one seed this weekend, and the Rams deserve to be playing against the Niners team to knock them off from the one seed. Uh, and and we got robbed of that because of a horrible, horrible officiating crew. I think a lot of people are going to be Washington Commanders fans next week and hoping that they just uh, knock off the Dallas Cowboys and then the Lions cruise to a victory against Minnesota and get themselves the two seed and a little bit of redemption in that regard. Uh, so we'll we'll see if that ends up happening. But yes, the Lions deserve to win that game. The it problem is mistake. the problem is that you also need Philly to lose to New York because now, now Philly's that, strength of schedule, it, the, the tiebreakers don't work as well. The Lions are basically locked into the three seed unless both the Giants and Commanders win, which they're in full tank mode. Well, they no, no, because because if the if the Cowboys lose and go to eleven and six, and the Eagles win, the Eagles then oh yeah, you're right. They'll yeah yeah they'll jump to the two seed. Uh, yeah, so they would need both those teams to lose. Not yeah, not not as likely certainly. Um, well, that's a rough situation, but nonetheless, they'll be able to host a game. And uh, potentially to, uh, you know, into the playoffs. But yeah, yeah, that that was rough. That was rough for sure. And uh, and as a uh, consolation prize, that uh, officiating crew has now been assigned to the Steelers Ravens game. So lucky Pittsburgh. Yeah, that has no. So they meaning. get to they get to have that that group uh, there for Saturday's game. But 
the the only punishment we've heard in regards to this is that they will not be uh, officiating playoff. a playoff game this uh, upcoming season. So a little bit of a, a consequence there for that crew. Uh, but moving forward to the Sunday slate of games, the Patriots at the Bills. Patriots were, you know, jumped out early with that, you know, uh, kick return touchdown. Yeah. Looked like maybe the Patriots are going to pull off uh, an upset and and, and give uh, Bill Belichick uh, his fifth win of the season. But the Bills do pull this one out in the end, 27 to 21. Uh, you know, I obviously the Bills needed it to put themselves in an even better position. They are, you know, currently in a playoff spot in the sixth seed. But at the same time, I didn't. It didn't make me feel much better about the Bills, to be honest. I mean, no. yes, they won. Uh, yes, it's a more difficult matchup than maybe it looks on paper with the Patriots being a four-win team. All that being said, if you're the Bills and you're in that situation, I would have expected a much more convincing victory. Yeah. And still, they had to claw their way to get a win. I So, I, I mean, personally, and I know the Dolphins have struggled too, and we'll get to that later, but personally... I feel like the Bills are 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 in a, a, a backs against the against the wall type of situ, situation for this upcoming week against the Dolphins just because of how they've been playing recently. Their only bit of fortune is that Miami has also been stumbling a bit as of late. Listen, the Bills. What did I say on Friday's show? I said they're just a win is a win game. Like they just got to get a win, right? And and they did. So I don't want to overreact because of. I'm going back to what I thought last week going into that game. And and my and the reason I said it and I'm sticking with it now is that everything for them just really comes down to the fact that their ceiling on this season is making sure they get the division. They, you know what I mean, and and have a chance, you know, to put themselves in a real spot. So they they've been in playoff mode for the last 4 weeks and they put themselves in a position here now to 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 do what everything that's still their goals are in front of them, right? Win the AFC East, host some playoff games, and try to go on a run here. So, uh, yes, it was ugly. Is my faith in them dwindled a bit? Sure, but look at the last two weeks. They had to face a Chargers team that was a hundred percent fired up, getting the interim coach bump on the road against the Chargers team that that literally was like, let's quit so they can fire this guy and then we'll come and ball out for our jobs. They hung on after being down 13 nothing to that team and came back and won. And then against the New England team and the greatest coach in NFL history that has owned this team in their in their lifetimes, they found a way to win a sloppy game against a, against a, a team that has dominated them historically with the greatest coach in NFL history. So I agree. It's not the way you want to see the Bills play if you're a Bills fan. But what did I say on Friday? They're in a win-is-a-win game just to get the win so you can set yourself up for Sunday night. And they did that, and I think all bets are off. All history's lost. Sunday night is just is a all cards on the table. It's the season for both of these teams. Now, Miami's in no matter what, but this will feel like a gigantic, gigantic yeah. disappointment if you're the Dolphins and you still fall, oh, well, we're in the playoffs still, even though if we lose to Buffalo, it will be devastating. And for Buffalo, it will be, they will be riding into the playoffs with so much momentum and so much house money if they find a way to pull it off. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, yes, my, in my gut says the confidence has dwindled a little bit in the Bills, but overall, they've still done exactly what they needed to do to get themselves to where everything is still in front of them. Yeah, I mean, considering how rocky the season's been for them, the fact that they're in this position right now in a, yeah, in a crazy spot as we stand here today, uh, you know, is at least, uh, in, you know, in some regards, uh, you know, impressive or at least 
you know, they they've turned things around to some yeah. extent. Your Chicago Bears have turned things around. They started two and seven this season, and they are since five and two and seven and nine. And I know it's the not Browns. the season. Yeah, seriously. <sighs> um, I know for you, it's not been the season that you know Bears fans want, and I know it's not been the season you know that uh, Justin Fields has wanted to have, or that Matt Eberflus wanted to have for you know his job security. Yeah, uh, but there is something to be said for you know, him and the way he's cultivated the defense. There's something to be said for Justin and the way that he's kind of rallied the troops around yeah. him. Uh, they're seven and nine. They might be eight, nine when the season's all done, which sounds incredible after an own four start to the year. And on the flip side of this game, they beat the Dolphins by tw or the Falcons by 20. And Atlanta now, when earlier in the year, seemed to be moving ahead of the New Orleans Saints for the division then it was the Bucks kind of taking over. The Falcons have just fallen Plummeted. and fallen. Yeah. And now they're in a position where they would need a considerable amount of help next week uh, to be able to make the playoffs. But they still can get there. So it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. But this, to me, said more about the Bears making a statement, even yeah. though the season's lost. 20-point uh, victory. You had to be pleased with what you saw out there. Yeah, the Falcons, listen, the Falcons are literally the best example you can watch when you watch a football game and just go, they don't have a quarterback. If they had a quarterback, this team would be really frisky, really fun. The Bear, and so, I, I mean, that's all we have to say about Atlanta, right? Their job is to figure out the quarterback position, whether it's a veteran at Kirk Cousins trying to steal or trade for a, a Justin Fields or someone else who's, you know, wore out their welcome at their home place or whether it's being really aggressive in the draft and going to get a quarterback, that is what Atlanta needs to do. It's as simple as that. And I would argue if I was Atlanta, losing this game in Week 18 is the best thing for you, again, in the sense that it helps your draft pick and it, makes, it opens a lot more things up for you uh, in that sense. Now, for the Bears, I've been consistent with my messaging. I'm a firm believer until I see it that I don't think Matt Eberflus is the type of guy that can consistently win divisions, right? Things have gotten better. Uh, the Montez Sweat trade has really been the thing that changed everything for this Bears team. And what has it consistently shown me? It has consistently shown me that when you add good players and you don't let good players go and you don't trade good players, you bring in good players, what? Your team gets better. Like, your team gets better. Like, even Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of NFL history, he doesn't have enough good players right now, and so they're losing. So, yes, coaching matters in the NFL, but players are the most important thing. And if your coach can at least set a culture and be competent on their side of the football, well, then you can win some games. You can be a winning culture. I think Mike Tomlin's a great example of that. He has, he has built overall, with a lot of talent, a consistent winning culture in Pittsburgh. It's not maybe one as much as the expectations are in Pittsburgh, but again, uh, th that's then where I would criticize Mike. It's his job to elevate that, right? You have to now find that way to elevate to winning consistently big playoff games. For the Bears, it's, it's literally just about finding a way to get to that point where you have more seasons over a span of a decade over 500 than under 500. And that is something that it's really been hard for them to do in the Super Bowl era consistently, like a decade where, no, 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 we are more over 500 than under 500. Can Eberflus do that? 
we'll see. I, I will say in this game, what I was really impressed by, Luke Getze actually called under the center play action passes, slants. And what do you know? Justin looked like a really competent, good NFL starting quarterback who occasionally makes really special plays that no one else can make. That's what we fans have been saying for the last two years. If you just run a fun, competent NFL offense with play action, with some designed runs, with some easy, quick slants and reads with good players, the kid can play and this team can be successful. So, yeah, locking up the number one pick was it was awesome. It's great. It now allows the Bears every single option is on the table, and it should be. Every single option should be on the table. They should listen to every phone call. They should make every phone call. Ryan Poles should know exactly. He should have 100 different scenarios in front of him, and then he gets to rank what's the best scenario for my team. And if Kevin Warren, his boss above him, he should be doing the same thing. He should be making phone calls and going, is this the guy I want making this decision or not? I think I I have, at this point in time, faith in Ryan Poles. I think the organization does too. He's shown you with the DJ Moore trade and with the Montez Sweat trade that more so than often, also some of his draft picks, Tevin Jenkins and, and Tyreek Stevenson, they're really, really hitting. Darnell Wright, really, really hitting. It's like, no, no, this guy, he should be managing the franchise. So I, I think... I think the Bears go out and they beat the Packers next week. I think the Bears are ending a season on a really high note. They are a team that has found a way to figuring it out. Um, they started the season poorly, and again, I blame the coaching for that. The offensive game plans and the vote that zero and four start were terrible. Uh, the defense was terrible in that zero and four start, and that is a hundred percent of the coaching because not much has changed roster wise. The talent's all still there, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and you added Montez Sweat. Is that is that enough to go from an zero and four to eight and five over the last? I don't think he's just one. He's you know he's not Miles Garrett. He's not. He's yeah, really he doesn't make that player. big of an impact. So yeah. the coaching has gotten better, but again, like so, you know how I feel about it. I was very happy with this win. I was really happy with this win. I like to watch my team win games, and I like to watch Justin did everything he can do. That uh, and uh, he's not only helping himself stay with the Bears, but he's helping himself find an organization that might actually commit to him long-term if it's not the Bears. And so uh, mm. I, I'm happy for the kid, and I, I hope he goes and balls out in Green Bay and uh, and uh, ends the Packers season on a sour note. It's a win-win across the board for Justin Fields, uh, I'd imagine, as, as we get ready for the end of this season. And he stares down year yeah. uh, three uh, in the NFL. So, um or is it year? No, it's year four. It'll be year four next year. Right? Next year's year four, next which year again, four. it's it's yep. he's there's a luxury. They haven't even picked up the fifth year option. You have two more yep. years of cost control, Justin Fields, before you have to you have to sign him anything. That's and you so can always fran- and you can <laughs> always franchise tag. Yeah. You can always use yeah. the franchise tag on a player like that. Yep. Yep. No doubt. Uh the Colts did a lot to put themselves uh, still in the driver's seat of yeah. their own death. Go for the Colts. Uh, big win, twenty-three to twenty over Vegas. Uh, the Raiders, you know, had an opportunity to win this one and really play spoiler. And uh, this game in particular would have really put the AFC playoff picture uh, in even more flux than it currently is. But the Colts uh, hang on, so they they have that seven seed still in play. And if they beat the Texans next week, uh, they will have a playoff spot. Whether or not uh, th- what happens in Jacksonville, uh, that is another 
question entirely for them. But, uh, you know, the Colts uh, right now uh, have a shot at the division, but they at least very much uh, have a shot at the playoffs. And so uh, the Colts are starting to get it together again. We mentioned that they've been getting healthier and healthier the last couple of weeks, and that's really helped them a lot, especially with Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor. If you can have Gardner Minshew just go out there and, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, manage the game, then the Colts are, are a good enough team to be a playoff team uh, and maybe, you know, be a surprise wild card winner. Uh, can't see him winning much past that. But, yeah, it was a good win for them. And uh, they they really are, are right now uh, in that conversation, no yeah. doubt about it. And if the Jaguars slip up, the Colts uh, or the Texans are going to have an opportunity to snag that division from them. If I would have told you in back in, you know, July that we'd be watching the Colts versus the Texans week 18 and the winner is in win and in the playoffs with a winning record, I, we would have both been, I think, just jaw on the, would be like, you're crazy. Like yeah. that's the boldest prediction of all bleeping time. And to do it without Richardson with the, the, the Colts have done it now while their star quarterback, their high investment, their number three pick has barely played this year. It's been an incredible, incredible coaching job. The reason the Eagles are struggling is the reason the Colts are flourishing. Shane Sykin. I mean, that we now have a new young star head coach uh, in the in the National Football League, and we have two of them, D'Amico Ryan's. I mean, exactly. the reason the the reason the Texans are really playing great football, their head coach and C.J. Stroud. So I can't wait for this game. I, as far as the the win against the Raiders goes, listen, I'm I'm, I'm they took care of business. The Raiders, again, I think are playing above, well above expectations at this point in time. And I I stand by Antonio Pierce to get the job. The Raiders, to me, are the second best example of a team that just feels like, man, if they had a star quarterback or an exciting young quarterback, gosh, this team has got some players. They have. They do. They're playing they do. disciplined football here now. And if the Raiders can find a way, to go and get a Caleb Williams, a Drake May, a Michael Penix, someone who they can build around, they, they, they could turn this thing around quickly. They could. I, I, I really think that Vegas has uh, a lot in the mix. Now, that unfortunately for them, they're in a division with so much talent uh, sure. around them as well. But the that Chargers they are going to need so, yeah. other things to fall in their favor. But, yeah, I'm with you. But yeah, no, it's uh, this will be an interesting uh game between the Colts and the Texans. Very excited for that one. And yeah, I mean, to your point, I had them, I think both as six win teams. I think you had them both also in the bottom of the AFC South and here they are in contention for winning that division. It's, it's crazy. So kudos to them. And the big difference, uh, quarterback play. Yes, of course, especially with, when it comes to CJ Stroud, but as you mentioned, it's the, the head coaches have uh, you, you just don't know when you're making predictions what you're going to get out of rookie head coach. You don't know enough about them as a fan. They nailed it. Uh, the teams don't even know enough about them, but both are, are clearly panning out uh, to be pretty solid hires there. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams go on the road to the New York Giants. Almost lose this one, too. Uh, but but the Rams get the win, improve to 9-7, and seven, give themselves a playoff shot here, and put themselves in the picture. 26-25, the victory there for the Rams. Uh, and you know, you, you, you called this team, you know, being a playoff team this year. And so i got to give kudos to you for that one. Uh, I, I had them be one of the worst teams in the league, but they are very much right now, uh, in the playoffs as we speak. And that's, you know, that's a kudos to Matt Stafford, what he's been able to do. Yeah. Obviously, uh, these rookies have been playing well above what you would expect. And, uh, Puka Nakua continues to amaze 
he is on the precipice of setting every rookie receiver record uh, this upcoming week. So yeah, they, they've got a lot of weapons and uh, I think the Rams would be one of those teams. You, you'd really be scared to see them in the postseason. They are the Browns of the AFC. The Browns and the Rams yeah, are the cool. AFC and NFC teams right now that every division winner is going bleep. Like I, you just don't, you don't want that matchup. They're beatable. They're, they are beatable. They've been beaten. They've had games where they don't play well. And they'll let you in games. Both teams will let you in games. You know, Joe Flacco will make a, a really weird, costly interception, or, or the Rams special teams will have a massive breakdown. Um, and uh, Stafford's always liable to throw one ugly pick at some point in time. But they are they are both playing really great football right now. And, no, you know, again, with the Rams, that I don't want to take too much from it. Like, okay, you let the Giants hang around. Giants have been really scrapping, really fighting, clawing over the last you know month and a half. They're they're not a, a they're a well coached football team. They have a great head football coach, and for the Rams, it's a tough assignment. You got to travel all the way to the East Coast, uh, bad weather, and uh, you know you coming off a, a gigantic win. So I don't want, they they took again win was a win for them. I don't want to overthink it. If I'm the Rams, I think you are locked in. At the sixth seed, I'm pretty sure. The only okay. way, yeah. uh, the only way that it would be, I think if the Packers win and the Rams lose, then the Rams could fall to the seventh seed and they'd have to go to Dallas if things like that could shake out. So I don't know if what you do if you're the Rams. Do you just say to yourself, bleep it? I don't want to get any of our guys hurt against a physical Niners team that's even going to be resting their starters then it's going to be the game that both teams just don't care about trying to win. Or if you're the Rams, you go out there and you you say, we want Detroit. And you just try to you shoot your shot and because you're not going to go to the fifth seed. The highest you can go is the sixth seed. And you say, shoot your shot. We want Detroit. Um, it's going to be an interesting thing for the Rams to have to figure out. And uh, either way, I, I you know, the Rams, can ma- the Rams could very well end up in an NFC championship game. I, I don't think it's crazy to say that. Well, they have the coach and the experienced uh, quarterback to do it. So that's, yeah. you know, those are two of the check marks that you look for the first two uh, when you're talking about a championship caliber team. So, yeah, if they, uh, you know, pull off, you know, a first round win, uh, if they are the sixth seed, um, all of a sudden, you know, with one win behind them, you start to feel a little bit more like, oh, could this team make make themselves a run? Yeah, that'd be they're They're an interesting watch in the playoffs I, I think the Browns is a good comp like both those teams I think uh, everyone in the NFL is really intrigued to see how they perform in the postseason uh, the Cardinals pull off yet another upset a, a big upset here biggest one of the weekend no doubt over the Philadelphia Eagles the Eagles now uh, are just dropping games like flies left and right they have now lost five of their last six games yeah or I'm sorry four of their last five games and uh, you know, they get the, a road game against the giants next week, which divisional games uh, often can go either way. We could be talking about the Eagles being 11 and six, which is almost impressive to say that the Eagles could lose five of their last six games and be 11 and six. Like, so at the end of the day, it's almost like, well, you know, it could be, it could be so much worse for Philadelphia but they have done themselves no favors. They had the one seed much earlier in the year. Uh, you know, they had the division and now they're looking at a wild card. So they definitely have dropped themselves uh, out of favor, but 
they're still in a good position in terms of their record. Uh, they just kind of need to figure things out, though. And, and in that regard, uh, they are in a little bit of a troubling spot as a team overall. Uh, offensively, they're not figuring things out. And despite one game being okay from the defensive effort once they switched play calling duty to Matt Patricia, the defense has been a massive liability for the Eagles as of late. And, and to give up 37 points to the Arizona Cardinals, 35 points to the Arizona Cardinals was another uh, you know, warning sign that come playoff time, they're going to be playing a lot of really good offenses. Do they actually now that we look at it, have the capability to go toe to toe with not only the league's best offenses, but on the flip side, uh, is their defense going to be able to, or are they going to be able to put up points against some of these good defenses too? Listen, the Eagles are, I mean, you said it could be worse. I don't think it could be worse. I think they are in absolute tailspin, you know, bottom falling out. I, they need they need to play their starters and they need to try to win this game against the Giants and they just need to um go all out. I mean, like they they're they're a team that needs that just feels like it's like I said last on Friday. Why would you how, why would what is the argument for resting the starters? You have a shot at the division still. Yeah. Why would you no, ever, I, well I don't think they're know, not like, gonna rest this. I don't I mean I, I don't think they're gonna rest starters, but I'm just saying like Well, I've I've seen videos though of, of Eagles fans like we need to rest our starters next week and get this figured out. I'm like, you fight for the division. Oh, like it's a no and just like, reset. Well, they could yeah, say because they want to go wanna play the it. NFC South. You know, you, you get to go play the NFC South winner. Yeah, but I mean that's always a dicey proposition. You gotta True. go on the road then. You True. Know, like I'll, I mean, I'll say this. I think uh, let's uh, let's just be honest. They, that that was one of the that was a disaster of a game for the Eagles. Disaster. It's bad. And their special teams not good. Offensively, they were just outgained. Uh, I think the the first downs was almost like two to one. Like you know, Cardinals to Eagles. I mean, it was bad. I mean, it was really really bad. And the and defensively, this this Cardinals this Cardinals offense is is not great. Like they are they're. Ne- they're a work in progress. They have some nice pieces. I mean, James Conner is a fine back, but like, listen, this is a Bears team that just you know beat this Cardinals team, and and now you're looking at an Eagles team that, um, it, it, it just is ugly, really ugly. And I I was the biggest proponent of the Eagles, you know, weeks one through ten, and I had them number one of the power rankings. I was flexing after they beat the Chiefs and. I really thought they were flying high, and they were. I mean, they're winning games, but this is starting to feel like that, like that uh, Pittsburgh team that was eleven and zero and ended up eleven and, or like twelve and you know four. What did they ended up being like eleven and six going to the playoffs or something like that? Eleven and five, and it's just yeah. it. I mean, the, I have no faith in them, no faith. And in order for me to have any sort of faith in them going to the playoffs, I need to see a really, really great performance week eighteen against the Giants. Yeah, they need that I think they need to play that game for multiple reasons to fight for the division all of that, but they needed to to get some positive vibes going throughout that team in that locker room. You got to capture some sort of momentum. It's really yeah. tough to be a really good team for the majority of the year and then fall off and just be, you know, stumbling into the postseason that's never a, a, a good thing for whatever you want to call it just like the mojo or the, the the vibes of the team going into that environment uh with everything on the line you don't want to recapture stuff in the postseason you want to yeah. already have it going into it and so that's going to be a big thing for the eagles moving forward meanwhile the saints 
insert a bunch of anarchy into the equation with a big win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was crazy. Uh, I 10, 23, 13. And now we've got ourselves a dogfight. It's going to be extremely uh, interesting to see how this thing plays out with the saints, the Falcons and the bucks. Now the bucks still control fighting. their own. They control they their do. own destiny. They do. The bucks still control their own destiny. So it, that game was of the least consequence to them, but the saints really put themselves now in a position where, all they need is a win and a Bucks loss. And, you know, the, the Saints then capture the division title. We already talked about the Falcons needing uh, not only to win, but they would also need both of those teams uh, to lose and then some other, you know, circumstances uh, to arise. So, yeah, there's there's definitely um, a much better possibility for the Buccaneers to take this division. But yeah. The Saints very firmly in play as well. So. I thought that was a that was a huge game for New Orleans. They needed that for many reasons, but both teams sit at 500 right now. If my money was on it, I would say it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, as your NFC South champions come yeah. next week. But you know the the, the Bucks <laughs> play the Panthers, so that's a, a pretty a pretty good omen there for Tampa Bay as the Panthers have two wins on the season, and it's the Falcons and the Saints really vying for that positioning there. So. Uh, if the Falcons win, they take care of get the Saints out of their way and jump them. Yeah, and then they just need the Buccaneers to lose. So what's uh, what's weird about it is scenarios here. Yeah, what's weird about it is basically there will be no NFC South wild card. Like they they can't basically yeah, make right. the wild card like at all. It's just no. whoever wins the division. The Falcons can win the division with a win and a Bucks and a Bucks loss. Um, but again, that would just be that it's it's a lot. So. The winner of the the winner of the uh, uh, Falcons versus Saints is obviously going to be rooting for the Panthers. Um, I think it's clean. I'll say this about the game: I was shocked. I mean, the the Bucks had a chance. I thought if you you like, I had this murderer's row in my head on Friday, going, "Oh my god, oh my god!" CJ Beathard starting. It's going to be the Panthers are going to beat the Jags, and then the Bucks are going to beat the Saints, and the Bucks are going to rest all their starters, and the Panthers are going to beat the Bucks. Then the Panthers get up with four wins and the Bears going to lose the first overall pick, right? Like yeah. that was what it was going through my head on Friday. And so God bless that the, you know, the Saints in a way for playing part of like helping me avoid that. Cause now the Panthers like game matters to the Bucks right now. It ended up not mattering. The Panthers lost and, and uh, all is well for me, but I do think you're going to see a, a really motivated Bucks team come out because that was so uncharacteristic. They were playing such good football. They were at home. And I think this was a Saints team you just saw, like, they threw everything at the kitchen sink, which means it's not going to sh- surprise me at all if the Falcons beat the Saints, you know, this week. Because it it just felt like that was an empty-the-tank game for the Saints, and I don't know if they can do it again. And I and I don't know if it matters, because I think the Bucks knew they had to win one of these last two, and now the pressure's on. I think you're going to see a Bucks team play really good football this week. But kudos to the Saints. This is what would drive you crazy if you're a Saints fan is if you just got consistent quarterback play all year, you would have ran yeah. away with this division. You really would have. Like, they are a talented team. Your coach is not good. You need to fire your coach. But if you had gotten consistent quarterback play, this is a team that should have locked up this division, should have been a 10-win team, and, and we shouldn't even be talking about this. Yeah, the Bucks were just waiting in the wings and kind of just coasting this last, like, month and a half, yeah. slowly sneaking up on them, and then there you go. Now the Bucks are in prime position. 49ers lock up the one seed in the NFC with a 27 to 10 victory over the commanders. The commanders are, uh, you know, a total mess. And so yeah. 
Uh, they're four and twelve right now. The 49ers have, uh, you know, I, I I don't know if it's too strong of a statement to say recaptured, you know, the magic that they've had, but they are playing really well. Uh, they obviously rebounded. Brock Purdy did, especially from a brutal game the week before, and so. 49ers put themselves back on top. They lock up themselves up that by are in great positioning. I do feel truth truthfully, and we'll get to the Ravens game coming up, that the two one seeds are far and away the two best teams in the NFL. And yeah. it's and to me, it's not really close in either way. And so from that respect, I think football justice has kind of been delivered in some regards this year. It's not always that case. Sometimes one seeds, I feel, get lucky or what have you. But uh, in this case, I think we do have the two best teams and the most likely Super Bowl matchup as well. Yeah, I, listen, the Niners, they needed that, right? They they came out and they used the Washington as a, as a get-right game, a stat-padding game. Hey, get your mojo back game a bit. And I also think it helps for the Niners the way the Ravens won against the Dolphins. We'll talk about that coming up in a second. Right now, it just looks like the Ravens are an absolute juggernaut, and they are on a, uh, an extremely hot streak. We know how the, the season ebbs and flows. Like, the Niners had a three-game losing streak, then a four-game, which, like, the Niners were the juggernaut. Now they're now they're trying to find it back. So are the Ravens peaking too early? Maybe you could make that argument, right? So if you are the Niners, I think, and you're a fan of the Niners and you think the Niners can win the Super Bowl, they absolutely can still win the Super Bowl. Uh, the, you know, the playoffs in the Super Bowl is a different game than a regular season, uh, you know, primetime game even. I will say for the Niners, one of the things that uh, did still concern me a bit, even from this, uh, watching this game, is that I really believe that they need to find ways to also just score with like an over-the-top big play, right? The one thing that concerned me with the Ravens and the and the Dolphins was like, oh, well, the Dolphins can go over the top, right, if they need to. They can hit that long play to Tyree Kill if they need to. I still don't know if the Niners, when push comes to shove, can just drop back and, and gun it to Debo Samuel because he just beat a guy off the line and it's a 50-yard bomb. And... I know the Ravens can do that, right? And I know that they can score quick if they have to without having to make a bunch of people miss tackles. Now, maybe the Niners don't need to do it, but the Ravens gang tackled the crap out of them last week. We saw it. So yeah, that would be my concern. Is like I still am waiting for that, just like the Niners to show that level of their offense or go back to where where is the run game. With McCaffrey, the run game has been great the last year and a half with McCaffrey. But it's been different than it was in the first iteration of the Kyle Shanahan. I think the Kyle Shanahan era is in two parts right now. Pre-McCaffrey, post-McCaffrey. And in the pre-McCaffrey Shanahan, you know, they had Raheem Mostert. They were just throwing any dude out there. And they're just like, God damn, they're physical. They're just going to beat the crap out of you. The run game doesn't feel like that as much anymore. It feels like, oh, mm -hmm. McCaffrey is just going to get his yards because he's Christian McCaffrey. Not so much like, I could run. Uh, I could be a hundred yard rusher for the for the Niners, so that concerns me a little bit as well. The, the, it's just finding that unique or new identity for the Niners. They're a great team. That's how picky I have to be right now in talking about the Niners. And for Washington, really quick, I think this has been a really unique experiment with Sam Howell. I think Sam Howell deserves to be a quarterback in the NFL. Maybe not a starter. Maybe he is the new spot starter guy that you want, you know, for your team for a, that three or four week run. It feels like he's got that energy. 
But I think Washington also knows, like, this has been good for them. Like, let's lose out and let's completely reset. I pick Washington to win two games, going to with four games. But they're, they ended up in the same spot I said they need to be in. Reset. Like, blow this thing up and reset. And they're doing that, and I think that's the right thing for them. Yeah, last thought on the 49ers. I think this win was welcome in many ways, but to lock up that one seed to make it so oh. that you can rest Christian McCaffrey next week, who is dealing with a calf strain. Uh, that's huge. I think that's I really would, big. And I'd rest everyone to chill, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Trent Williams. Absolutely. I mean, they, they have a lot of guys that are veteran dudes who could use it. And I, I don't worry about the Niners with the rest versus Russ because they just, they're not a young team. They, a lot of these guys have been there, done that. Right. And yeah. Shanahan yeah. is going to make sure that Purdy's prepared, even though, he is a young player. The Jacksonville Jaguars shut out the Carolina Panthers. God, what uh, a win. So much, uh, so much so that, as you uh, alluded to earlier in the episode, uh, Panthers owner David Tepper was seen throwing a drink at the Jaguars fans uh, in the stadiums from his box. So, yeah, we'll, we'll wait to see on what consequences come his way. But nonetheless, he's worth 20 point five billion dollars so whatever the fine is it will be a drop in the bucket for mr david tepper but nonetheless jacksonville gets the win it needed it's um it's been kind of a rough go this season obviously they've performed below expectations especially offensively totally trevor lawrence has been dealing with injuries all season long and this one he did not start he misses his first start in his career in his football career he didn't miss a game in high school college or the pros up until this point uh, but just wasn't wasn't a go, and it turned out to be the right move as they get the win nonetheless. We'll see if he returns this next week here as they need another win to solidify their AFC South crown. Just um, a lot on He's the line play. here. The Jacksonville play. Jaguars, and yeah, he'll he'll end up being the starter so that they can you know ensure that they get the win and uh, and lock up that division. But uh, nonetheless. It was a convincing win for Jacksonville, one they needed. And um, I don't know, maybe maybe a week off and really two weeks, because I imagine maybe Trevor will be a little bit limited this week in practice as well. Uh, maybe this kind of reset for him is what this team need, needs to get that surge and, and push beyond uh, what they've been able yeah. to produce thus far this year. Yeah, the Jacksonville Jaguars, again, they it seems a lot like the Bills. They put themselves still in a position, even though they've had such an up-and-down year, a really a workable schedule, and they've, they've just been really high and really, really low. But they put themselves in a position still where everything that they want to accomplish is in front of them. AFC South title for two years in a row, playoff, you know, chance to win multiple playoff games, it's in front of them. I, I think if you're Jacksonville – you have to start Trevor to tr he is going to give you the only chance you have to actually win in the playoffs. So you got to get him back mobile working in the flow of the offense and get a win against the rival in Tennessee. They're not going to make it easy. Tennessee is not going to make it easy. They're going to want to beat the crap out of the Jags and, and Mike Vrabel have his dudes ready. I will say, I will say this in, in the game overall, to me, the takeaway was like, Carolina, man, like th th this team, I, I don't, the, the not, Lions were 0-16, and I remember watching that. Yeah. But they didn't have the number one overall pick. Like, they didn't have, th this This Panthers team might be the most depressing 
bad football team I, I can remember in a long, long time, Dan. Like, like maybe since like Jamarcus Russell Raiders, where it's just like, what do you do? Like that he looked small, he looked inaccurate at times he, against Jacksonville's defense. It's not great, and they're not been playing great recently. And I, and I know he's got no one, but again, they don't have the picks now. They don't have. Remember, they get the Bears get the the second pick from Jacksonville next year too. Like they like they gave up a lot to get Bryce Young, and it has been an utter disaster. I mean, you're in that area. What are the vibes like? What is the feeling in that area right now? Because I'm telling you what, like it's it's at the point where I'm like. I it like I don't know what they do. I really don't. No, they're in a they're in a position where they have to go all in with Bryce Young because there's just no other there's they, they have no choice. Um and the fact that they, you know, have an owner that continues to just fire coaches, they've created an environment of instability to where getting a quality coach is going to be harder and harder the more the firings happen. And you so, got owners throwing drinks on people. Like, who's gonna want to? Who's gonna want to work with that? Who wants to be? Uh, the only thing at this point that they have going for them is they they're in a bad division and uh, they're in a nice part of the country. I mean, yeah. that's that's really the only things that uh, you know a coach might be enticed by. But other than that, I mean, you, yeah, like you said, I mean, this thing's got bare bones. They got some nice players, you know, J.C. Horn, Brian Burns. Yeah. Uh, you know, Derek Brown and uh, and, you know, Bryce Young, hopefully, you know, can can become a, a starting quarterback, quality quarterback in this league. So you don't know that like those are those are encouraging things, but they're just in a in a terrible, terrible place. And the horizon, to your point, doesn't seem to be much better. It doesn't seem like the lights at the end of the tunnel. It seems like it's forever down the tunnel because of these next two years of like, low capital and just where you're headed, where are you if going? The Carolina Panthers still had their pick, right? If they somehow, if they had somehow just, let's say they had ended the season last year, they, they were, the, they drafted Bryce young number one overall, or even, you know, they drafted him at six or whatever, right? They, it would be a no brainer. They're taking Caleb Williams. Like there, it'd be a no brainer. They're yeah. taking Caleb yep. Williams, even though they just drafted Definitely. Bryce young, no brainer. And that is what is so wild to me. I mean, this is a kid who won the Heisman Trophy, who uh, I think he did. He win a national, won a national championship. Yeah, and and I mean, it's bad. It's really, really bad. And there's not much more that we could say than the truth is he's. It's the same thing we said before the draft. He's small. His accuracy isn't translating, and they do not have nearly enough help around him. And and now. It, the owner is making it to the point where it's like, why would you even want to go there if you're a player? If I was an agent and my, my, t- I was like, I'd be like, dude, you don't want to, we're not exactly. signing Carolina. Like that is what he did with throwing the drink is one of those things where I don't want to over, I don't want to seem like I'm appalled. Like, but it is one of those things. It's so unbelievable that that happened. Then like, this dude is that hot headed and incompetent. And, you makes you wonder how he earned his money anyway. So you're like, what is like, dude, this is not cutthroat, but you're not on billions, bro. Like you are an NFL owner. You have yeah. to show a level of, of, of dignity and class. Even Jerry Jones, who goes on the radio once a week and talks way too much. 
I mean, it would never do anything to embarrass his team like this. I mean, and that's what he's doing. I mean, it is, if I'm a coach, I don't want to coach there. If I'm a player, I don't want to go there. And you know, no matter what, if you're a player, you're a wide receiver, you go there, you got to work with a kid. And if, and if he's not good, they're not moving off of him. Like you're stuck with him throwing you the ball. Like everything is just, it's not good in Carolina. And I, Bad. I think it. I think it leads Bad. to sooner rather than later, like they're drafting a quarterback in the twenty twenty five draft, in the first round, and that like they have to reset. They will have to reset, and I mean, who knows, man? The NFL might push Tepper out, um, like they did with you know Dan Snyder, um, and that that might be a problem because that'll set a precedent, you know, for being able to push well, but, an owner what, out. The precedent is you don't it, really. Won't throw like, drinks you know. on people like well, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, team. obviously he, that's terrible. He's but, hurting the league, but it's, right? It's like in... at, I could argue if I'm the other owners, like this dude is actively hurting our value. He's hurting yeah. the league. Yeah. No, it's 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 true. That's that's very true. Um, tough tough situation. Tough state for the Carolina Panthers. Tough state right now for the Miami Dolphins, despite them locking up a playoff spot. Uh, they get absolutely trounced by the Baltimore Ravens, fifty-six to nineteen. What an absolute, just uh, dominating effort by Baltimore here. At least and you can a say lot they of people were talking about it. They can at least yeah. say, "Hey, we were on the road." That's true. That's true. San Francisco was at home. We were on the road. That's true. And <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of like what else the Dolphins could take away. There's nothing. No. Yeah. The only thing they could Burn take the away tape. is that, oh, we didn't have Raheem Mostert and Waddle. Um, but even then, I mean, you lost by 30. You gave up a perfect points. passer rating. You lost Nick Chubby towards ACL. I mean, yeah. it is, oh, it's doom and gloom. Bradley I, I, Chubb. Yeah. Bradley Chubb, sorry. Yeah, Nick Chubb also tore. He didn't, actually, what well, didn't tear his ACL is the other Lakers. But uh, listen, yeah. from... The only thing to take away from this game is I'm glad Lamar had a chance to have uh, a stat pad game to help because so many people are, I was already hearing the super arguments like, who's going to be the worst statistical MVP since like the eighties, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, who gives a, if you're looking at stats in that way, like you don't get it. Lamar has been the MVP this year. He's the only one of the star core. He's the only one of the star quarterbacks who has put the cape on at times and and led his team to victories and convincing victories against good teams. And his bad games and bad losses were in division, which we all know divisional games are different. They like look at what the look at that Bills Patriots game. Like division games are different. Now conference games, no, you have no excuse. Like it's I don't care it's a conference matchup. You gotta, you know, you gotta you gotta beat him like you would in a non conference. And his record against the NFC alone should show you why he's the MVP. When yeah, dudes yeah. aren't prepared for him, they cannot handle him. They just cannot. And um, I'm happy for Lamar. I'm happy for the Ravens. They're a they're a juggernaut. Now, I I would be. They're the only team in first class of the Super Bowl plane this morning. You know what I mean? Like I'll, I think they're the best. They're they're by far the best team in the NFL. They're the only right team, now. and it doesn't mean that they can't get upset in the Super Bowl. Of course, they could. They they Lamar has not consistently shown it in the playoffs. They could get upset in the playoffs, but it's going to take a Hercule, Herculean effort from a Buffalo, a Miami, a Cleveland, a Jacksonville, a a, a, a Houston, a Colts. A Pittsburgh. It's going to take a Herculean effort from one of those teams to 
to dethrone uh, the Baltimore Ravens. And for Miami, burn the tape. And if you're Josh McDan, if you're if you're Mike McDaniel, certainly what you got to do this week is you just got to try to make the guys laugh, and you got to try to be yourself and just say, "We're at home. Let's let's turn heat. Let's turn the heaters on, and and let's beat the Buffalo Bills. And we're going to be at home. And the next time we'd have to play those guys, would we you know we'd we'd have to go back there. We know what to expect. Like you know what I mean. We'll be better. Like you you could try to sell it in that way, but this is a must win for Miami. Like I know it's stupid because yeah. then it's like, do they make the playoffs anyways? No, no. Culture wise for the Miami dolphins. And I get it. If you think, if you ask Miami fans, like, dude, you're in the playoffs, like back to back years, you got a good young head coach. Like things are, the vibes are good. They'd be happy with it. Cause Miami has been a downtrodden franchise since Dan Marino retired. But it's just one of those. that just feels like, honestly, Dan, it feels like, Cultural, culturally wise, if you can't beat Buffalo at home, you and Tua doesn't play well, like you got to start maybe looking in the mirror, going like, "We love our coach, we love our culture, we love a lot of the players around our our, our team." I, I this is a lot. This is a big week for Tua. Big week for Tua. Yeah, yeah, that's. He was a, not good against the Ravens. He was not or die. He no, was not it was terrible. It's terrible. And the thing is, like the Ravens do have the best uh, defense in the yeah. AFC for sure. And probably the best defense in the NFL, all to, all things said. Yeah. Um, but for Tua, I mean, the chiefs have a very good defense. The Browns have a very good defense. The Ravens yeah. have an excellent, he's defense. in, he's going against uh, good the, defenses. The, it, you know, he's just, he's, they're going to end up playing. I mean, maybe not in the first round, yeah. uh, but eventually that they're going to be playing a good defense. And, and Dan, and let me ask you this. Tough. Like you look at what has the Ravens done the last two weeks, right? The MVP, and and good players. The Ravens have a good roster, really good roster. It's not. I would argue it's not as good of a roster as the Niners. Some would argue it's it's just as good as the Dolphins. You know, it's splitting hairs. So that that what's the difference? You both. You all three coaches we really like. Super Bowl for John Harbaugh. Been to a Super Bowl for Shanahan, and 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 we know he's good. And Mike McDaniel's is a whiz kid. He's great. We love him. We love his press conference stuff. Like we we believe in all three. What's the difference? Lamar Jackson, like we've said it over and over and over again. If you draft a Bryce Young, if you have a Kenny Pickett, the best you can do is get a great head coach, surround him with the best rosters, and you can compete for a title. But if one of the legit five or six star quarterbacks on this planet is humming and their roster is good enough, then that's the way the NFL works, right? Like, and Mahomes, his problem this year right now is his roster is not good enough, right? That's his struggle. Mm-hmm. And 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 with Josh Allen, his roster is just not good enough at times, and I don't think his coaching is good enough. His coaching is a full step below those other guys, so he's at a at a you know a two point disadvantage, right? So. That that what are we seeing late in the season? That's what we're seeing, right? Like that that's the difference. I'm not making that up, right? No, not at all. That is the difference. No question. It's and that's that's just how the NFL works. I mean, it really is that if you are if you have an MVP caliber quarterback, uh the the possibilities are endless. Your your uh range of outcomes and your uh options for what you can do with your team 
become so much bigger and greater. And uh, you, you, the, the worst quarterback you have, the narrower your, you know, lane becomes because, you know, with the Kenny Pickett, for instance, you are, you have to have a run first, heavy run approach um, team with like singled up, fantastic athletes on the outside that's the only way to win the game yep uh and 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 great defense of course um but with the lamar jackson you could be down uh your run game could not be super intact but him his ability uh you know changes that um you can go deep or you can kill him with yak because they've just got the ability to extend flowers plays. Guys, i mean it's just literally it, it's they, they've got so many different ways to attack you and that's dangerous uh, C.J. Stroud made his return for the Texans and uh, Will Levis's return for the Titans, although he ended up leaving with an injury as well. But the Texans win 26-3 to over the Titans. Yep. And um, obviously it was a must-win for Houston. They are now, you know, in position to beat the Colts and, you know, get into the playoffs. And so right now uh, we're looking at an awesome matchup next week in division for those two teams. Uh, but the Texans really just doing what they need to do, take care of business. It showed that C.J. Stroud was able to, you know, knock off whatever rust may have been there over the last couple of weeks uh, without Tank Dell, of course, since he's been out for the season, uh, but still able to lead his team to victory in a 23.1 at that. You know, my money would be on the Texans winning next week. I just think C.J. Stroud makes a, enough of a difference there. Um, but we'll see. I mean, it'll be exciting either way. Um and, and then, you know, for the Titans, I'm glad Will Levis started because he should have gotten more reps and stuff. It was concerning that he got hurt and kind of a bummer for them. Uh, but the season was lost anyways. And so it's kind of a reset year for the Titans. We'll see what they do with Derrick Henry. We'll see if Ryan Tannehill goes elsewhere or becomes a, a, a backup for the next few years for Levis. But, um, you know, right now it's kind of the state of two franchises and, and going in, you know, uh, separate directions right now. Yeah. The Texans. Hopefully uh, they've done enough to to get themselves into the playoffs this year because they have been a great story. Yeah, the Titans are just like they need like three A players and like four B players. They're just they don't have enough good players. Like you look at the roster and you're just like they need some dudes like they just need some more household names. They need some dudes and they don't have enough right now. They have a great coach and uh, I think a young quarterback that's got a lot of potential uh, who deserves a chance to start next year. For the Texans, absolutely. I, I'm so glad they won this game. I'm so glad it's set up Texans versus Colts. I personally am rooting for the Texans. I want to see this kid get in. I want to see C.J. Stroud get in. I want to see what he can do, make all the veterans nervous. If you're a Josh Allen, if you're a Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence, right, you don't want to lose to the rookie. like that. And, and this kid is fearless, and he is fantastic, and he is – you know, I will I will make the statement too. He is a very unique uh African American quarterback. Like he's the he is he is a pure pocket passer with good, really good mobility. But I mean, he's Randall Cunningham, and I mean he is he, in our generation, we haven't seen this ver like this guy before, right? You could argue Mahomes. Yes, but Mahomes is just so different too. I just don't think we've ever seen Mahomes before in his own way. Like CJ Stroud, he's yeah, Randall right. Cunningham, man. He's Warren Moon. I mean, he is reading in the pocket, big arm, accurate, and it's special to watch. It's special to see. I I love I right, love Cunningham the kid's game. had some wheels on him. But well, yeah, yeah and no, CJ does mean. too. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. C- but like, yeah. but you know, CJ does too. You know, like I mean, Warren Moon's been the better, you know, the better comparison. But like, it's just, it's it's fun to watch, and the Texans have become a really fun story. And uh, I I'm I'm rooting for them. I hope they get in. I, I'll be I'll bet them. I'm gonna root for them. Uh, Colts are fun, but the getting that kid in a star, he, he's a future star for the NFL, and they need to they need to use it. Yeah, absolutely. He's, NFL rigs he, he, he that game. Don't great... do my Lions dirty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, I'd, I'd be very excited to see the Houston Texans in the postseason this year and see what C.J. Stroud could do. Imagine if he wins one or even two games, gets to the AFC Championship his rookie year. That'd be just bonkers considering great where the Houston line. Texans were just a calendar year ago. Um, pretty wild. They should have had the number one pick. Yeah, they should have. And thankfully, they didn't because, uh, yeah, obviously, C.J. Stroud was the way to go at quarterback. Yeah, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers win on a on the road at Seattle in a game where both teams needed uh, it to to keep themselves afloat in the postseason race. And for the second straight week, Mason Rudolph helped deliver a a, a winning performance for Pittsburgh. Uh, not only a winning performance, but a thirty point performance uh, for the second straight week. So this has now led Mike Tomlin to making the call that even though Kenny um, looks like he will be healthy going into this week. They are going to ride it out with Mason Rudolph. And so that answers the question of who would win that battle currently. Uh, So I think if that's the situation they're in this week, Mark, if they get to the playoffs, which uh, Rudolph, it it, it definitely seems like they're going to stay with Mason Rudolph. And, um, you know, they've got a good shot at winning this week because they play Baltimore and Baltimore now has nothing to play for. So they are probably going to sit most of their starters which increases the Steelers' chance of winning. Uh, but they do need uh, – their, their easiest path would be for the Bills to lose to the Dolphins, and then the Steelers are in if they win. Um, if they don't, then they would need Jacksonville to lose, uh, which doesn't seem uh, terribly likely. And then, uh, you know, there's a couple other scenarios in there as well. But I really thought this – with the, the story of this game was just the Steelers' offensive line and run game has, you know, they've kind of forged their identity – in the last few weeks, yeah. of we're going to pound the rock great. and just, uh, yeah. And, and Jalen Warren had some awesome, you know, like big plays out of it. Uh, so they're kind of humming when it comes to the run game. And that's the type of performance that uh, obviously can help you in the playoffs, being able to control the line of scrimmage. And then on top of it, they were still able to utilize George Pickens uh, with his second hundred plus yard performance. And uh, Mason Rudolph, just uh, the biggest difference is he stays in the pocket and, throws up you know waits for pressure and delivers uh you know accurate strikes it's what we didn't see from mason or from uh mitch and we didn't see it from kenny either they bailed pockets early and uh got happy feet so that's the biggest difference we're seeing from mason rudolph uh i'm encouraged by that uh still stinks that they put themselves in the position by losing to those two two win teams a few weeks ago um so they're gonna need some help but um yeah i thought what this said for seattle was They've got great weapons. Gino is probably not the, not even long-term answer. I don't think anyone thought he was the long-term answer, but I don't really think Gino's the three-year answer moving no, forward. No, and like, remember that deal was like basically moving. this year's guaranteed and next year, and next you know, year. Yeah. So that's, I mean, it's becoming more clear that next year bad will loss probably be a bridge year. Um, yeah. yeah, brutal loss for them. Defensively, they were terrible. Uh, and then for Pittsburgh, it's just, you know, okay, uh, you, you're going to just have to fight and, and you know, find this uh, same, you know, rhythm next week. 
do what you can yeah. to control. Mike Tomlin now extends his non-losing you know, uh, seasons to 17 straight uh, non-losing seasons. And there we are. Honestly, I don't think there's too much to say about this game because, uh, you know, both teams are kind of in the middle of the road. And, uh, you know, Pittsburgh is, is just starting to get some momentum going and feel like they found their quarterback a little bit too late in the season. But there the things are working right now. And so we'll just leave it at that. The thing I will just add is is that uh, Seattle, it's a really bad loss. Now, Seattle can still get in. They got to beat Arizona and have a couple things break their way. Um, but, yeah, if you're if you're Seattle, that's the kind of loss. You're at home against a team that uh, has been struggling up and down as of late, is on their third quarterback, and defensively you just got embarrassed, and offensively you were pretty inept. And I, the Steelers got a good defense, but – it was ugly. It was one of those where you're like, yeah, we yeah. need to make some real changes here in Seattle. And if you're Pittsburgh, I'll say this. Mason Rudolph has a chance here now. He's got a real chance to give himself, a, you know, to earn a, earn the job maybe going into next year or earn the, uh, you know, hey, we're going into a competition. But if I was a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I think this is the signal of, Mike Tomlin's not going anywhere. Uh, let's give him another quarterback. Like, let, maybe, maybe it's Kirk Cousins. Maybe it's a, a band aid, or maybe it's a no, no. We need to go. We need to go be aggressive in the draft. I think Pittsburgh's gonna be one of the fascinating off seasons to look at because they clearly, uh, when when their offense is humming, when you can get the ball to George Pickens, I mean, it opens everything up. And uh, yeah. if you have a quarterback who could do that consistently. This Pittsburgh team looked pretty damn hard to beat. Yeah, they looked good. It was it was very weird and surprising that last two weeks to see them put up 30 points when they hadn't done that all year and then only did it once in all of last year. So, uh, yeah, it was it's very, very weird feeling uh, right now to be a Pittsburgh Steelers fan because I just don't know how to react uh, to what's gone on. I still don't know if they could really make waves in the playoffs, but. I mean, I think if they played like they played the last two weeks, they could win a playoff game on a three I mean, game they, win streak. Why not stay hot? You know, you yeah. go, you, you might end up in a Buffalo, right? You know, and they're there. They'd be riding high, yeah. but you have a, you'd have a chance. And I mean, they're doing this with miles Jack, who was a plumber a month ago uh, as their, you know, number one middle linebacker. And then a, uh, you know, two practice squad safeties because Mika Fitzpatrick's out. Like they, they've really had to bandaid their entire defense. So, uh, you know, if they get Minka back and, you know, get a little bit healthier at linebacker. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they'll, maybe they'll look, uh, good come postseason time if they're fortunate enough to get there. Um, all right, let's right rifle through these, uh, last matchups here. The Broncos beat the chargers, uh, nothing really on the line here as, as both teams have been eliminated. Broncos go 16 or, uh, win 16 to nine with, uh, Jared Stidham at quarterback there. So I think, um, We've seen the end of Russell Wilson in a Broncos uniform. Do you agree? Yeah, I think Stidham has another chance this week to just uh, once again say, hey, if if I can play well enough in Sean Payton's system, maybe they just save money and I get to start all next year. Sean's not going anywhere, right? So now Sean's won the war, yeah. right? He lost the, maybe some battles early on, but he's won the war. It's his team. So he has. I think he's got enough leash now to where if he wants to start Stidham next year, if they have to financially, he'd be comfortable with that. And said him, I thought you know played okay. It's just um, uh, it's not the long term answer. They got they, they both these teams got to a lot of work to do in the off season. 
Was there a bigger sigh of relief than Kansas City pulling out the win over no, huge. If they lost huge. that game, yeah, uh, that would have been almost disaster uh, for the the Chiefs to go to nine and seven, um, and and really really push themselves, you know, uh, further down the line in the AFC standings. But they get a win over Cincinnati, and the Bengals were you know uh, somewhat of a Cinderella story comes to an end there uh but the chiefs moved to 10 and 6 and 25 to 17 this was almost a situation where hey i mean we just got the win we survived and all things said and done with how sloppy the year's been and how weird the kansas city chiefs are the three seed in the afc i mean it's it's not the worst thing ever to to happen no. to kansas city uh but it is unfamiliar territory for them nonetheless since they will for sure be playing their first uh, road playoff game with Patrick Mahomes, but yeah, if you win, win the game yeah. if, if they win it, their first. You no, know, right, right, yeah, exactly, exactly. So they'll they'll have uh, you know obviously their division um, locked up at this point, and um, and we'll see if they they make it to a road playoff game in the divisional game. But uh, nonetheless, uh, were there any major takeaways for you out of this game other than Rasheed Rice may yeah. finally uh, be the pop. true number one receiver? Yeah, well, I think he's going to be a really great it. number two for them eventually. But they did. They hit a deep bomb. I said it on the show. I was like, when's the last time you saw them just step back, five-step drop, launch one it. guy beats another guy, and launch it. And so, yeah, it was a great get-right game for them. They did exactly what the Eagles needed to do, and the Eagles didn't. Uh, and they pulled it off. So, listen, vibes are certainly better for Kansas City. They're never out of it. Andy Reid and Mahomes, best quarterback-coach combo in the NFL. And uh, you know Travis Kelsey can still get it done at times. I think I think um, if you're Kansas City, you should probably smartly, selectively sit some people. You're playing against a Chargers team on the road. I I think it would be smart of them to maybe give guys like a Kelsey, um, you know, some hey dress everyone starting, and then midway through the first, depending on how the games go, slowly start pulling people here or there. You're not going to get the four seed. Even if you lose and Jacksonville wins, I think even, well, now wait a minute. If they, can they fall to the three? No, there's, they're locked in at the three. So if you are Kansas city, I would, I would selectively sit some people and, and health at this point now is the most important thing for them going forward. Yeah. They need to absolutely be healthy uh, come playoff time because they can't afford injuries like some other yeah. teams with greater depth. Uh, Kansas City obviously needs Mahomes, but they can't afford an injury in that receiver court for sure, and uh, yeah. offensive line and, and defensive line. So, yeah, Pacheco also another big game. He, he's the heartbeat of this team right now. I'm he's telling great. You, like they they, they they need to keep it going. They go as Isaiah Pacheco goes. If I would he has sit a him game. The Chiefs are losing. You know, I would sit him week 18. Yep, I would too. Uh, the Packers, I don't know what you, how you feel about Jordan Love. Uh, he's obviously had you slowed down tremendously. I was so happy they won. The beginning of this year. So but they happy. won 33 to 10, and uh, Love throws three touchdowns. Aaron Jones has a big he's day. Second, third um, coming. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, the Packers are, are very much on the outside uh, looking in when it comes to the playoff standings. Um, but they're, they're at the seven seed right now. I just feel... You know, somehow they have a sixty percent chance of making the playoffs. It doesn't feel that way, but well, yeah. I mean, they that's win. what it is. That's they what they're win. at right now, and they control their, their destiny. Chance. They control their destiny for the for this last for the seventh seed. They win, 
and they're in. If yeah. the Bears win, the Packers can still make it, but a lot of things kind of have to go their way. And, and they're, they're possible, but it's, it's it'd be a lot of work. I will say this. Um, I part of, listen, my dream now is for the Bears to just demolish the Packers on Sunday. And Wait, do really, the Bears not have tiebreakers over any of those other teams? They must not. No, the Bears because are it, Bears are if the Bears, But if the Bears go to 8-9, and all of these other teams go to eight nine. I guess the Bears don't have a tiebreaker over Seattle. They New Orleans, don't. They are uh, the Bears Minnesota. are out. So yeah. the way it works. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm going through the playoff uh, machine right now on on ESPN, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the favorites here. And if you roll it out the way we we think it will work out, right? Then the Green Bay Packers, if they lose, uh, you know, and Seattle beats Arizona, then Seattle is it. Now, if Arizona wins at, over Seattle at home and the Packers lose and the New Orleans Saints win, then the Saints can get in as a wild card, right? But that's, yeah, that's if wild. the Falcons beat the Saints, the Packers can lose and get in if the Arizona Cardinals also beat the Seattle Seahawks. So there is a path for the Packers to get in. They control their destiny because they, they win their in. And if they lose, they can get in at the Cardinals and the Falcons. They're rooting for the birds. I want the Bears to destroy the you know living hell out of the Packers. I can't wait for this game. Yeah. I, I'll say this. The Vikings defense turned back into a pumpkin. They've been playing really good football. And 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 shout out to uh um now I just lost his name, the defensive coordinator, Brian Flores. Brian Flores, yeah. He's really done some special stuff with that Vikings defense during this run where They've needed the defense because the offense has just been brutal post the Dobbs magical like two game run, right? So I think I think this was just that the you know the clock struck midnight on the Vikings defense. And the Packers own the division. They they play well in division. They always play well against the Bears, the Lions, and the Vikings. They just own it. And LaFleur has his go-to game plans of how to make, you know, Jordan Love look good. And it was he looked good in prime time. I got to give him his flowers. He looked good. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for Sunday. I be a great I game. just can't wait. And part of me hopes the Cardinals win, the Bears win, and the Falcons win. So the the Packers can get in at 8-9 then as a 7 seed and go to Dallas and just get destroyed. I will wear a Dak Prescott jersey. I will wear a Cowboys hat. I will be officially changing my Twitter bio to like Cowboys number one fan during that game. And I will just love to watch Jordan Love get blown out in week 18 at home against the Bears and then get blown out in the wild card against the Cowboys. That would be my dream scenario for the next two weeks. That's my Super Bowl, my personal Super Bowl. We've already won the number one pick. So uh, it's my personal Super Bowl. I Overall, yeah, I just say to me, the only takeaway from that game was I don't need to see any more of Jaron Hall. And uh, and the Vikings defense turned back into a pumpkin. Yeah, yes, very much, uh, very much a, a definitive answer on that front with Minnesota. All right, well that that is a, a, the full recap from uh, Week 17. Week 18 gets going on Saturday. We have two games: Steelers, Ravens, Texans, Colts, and the rest of the games are on Sunday. Finishing the regular season with Bills at Dolphins for the AFC East crown. So it'll be a very exciting slate. Uh, finishing with perhaps the most exciting game of the week as well. And then it's playoff time. Can't believe it. We've we've made our way here 
17 weeks uh, for each team of, tw- of, uh, of NFL football here. Wild stuff. Wild stuff. Any closing thoughts, Mark, as we get ready for this one? Uh, no, except for the fact that, you know, again, I just credit to the NFL for this, the way they schedule these games. Cause we are, we're in for a real treat, even though a lot is already locked up, they're giving us still plenty, plenty to, uh, digest and plenty to, uh, to watch on, on the final, uh, week 18 and also make a, make a decision with David Tepper and be strong and be swift with it. I, 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 I just I don't want to uh, harp on it too much more. I don't want to talk about it more. I just want it to be swift. Fi- I know he's a billionaire. Find him a good chunk of money. And honestly, I would take a draft pick. I, that's what I would do. I would take a draft pick yeah. and I'd find him money. And I, and I would behind closed doors. If I was Goodell, I'd call him and I'd be like, "I'm we're dead serious. If that shit happens again, uh, you're not going to have any help from me. If these other owners want to try to kick you out of this league, like that's that's bush league. You need to get your shit together." Or they could do a sweepstakes where 15 Jaguars fans get to go and throw a drink of their choice in David Tepper's face. I would be, uh, I'd pay pay-per-view money for that. I, w- I would pay for that as well. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. That's been our look here on the football lounge at week 17 and the playoff landscape. Of course, we'll be back next week uh, with plenty more commentary as we will have a full playoff picture to look forward to and a first week of the playoffs as well. You can check us out on uh, YouTube if that's where you're watching. We appreciate it. Like, subscribe as always. The ver- That definitely helps us out. Uh, we're out there on social media as well, at FB Lounge Pod, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, all of that good stuff. So uh, please check us out and, uh, and give us a follow there as well. And interact. Let us know uh, what you like, what you don't like, what you agree with, what you don't. And we'll be happy to uh, to respond to those comments as well. But uh, that'll do it for us here on the Football Lounge. For Mark, I'm Dan. We'll see you back here next week. <laughs>